This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. It's nice. <laughs>
the Clippers media enterprise like going to work, the the PR machine whirring into action. So I, I just would like to encourage everybody that unless it's like I also would encourage everybody to not listen to Paul Pierce. Whatever I don't know what he's gonna say, but whatever he says, I just would block it out. Uh, the Lakers are the champions. Uh, they definitely earned it. I'm glad for them. How about that? Well, you're you're a bigger man than me because if it was the Clippers sitting here in this position, I would be pissed off. Uh, and let me tell you about that hate. After game five, it was the first time in a long time I haven't been able to not go at these horrible LeBron takes that people sometimes come up with. Um, when they were saying he should not have passed that ball to Danny Green for the wide open three when he had four guys on him. Sure. But the beautiful part of this game is it doesn't matter what the haters say, Parker. He's got four rings on that hand. He's the champion. It no longer matters until next season starts, probably on Christmas Day. It no longer matters what the haters say. Uh when the NBA season is going to start is its own five minute is its own five minute segment that we'll do later because I don't think it'll be Christmas. But, uh, so what do you think about this Lakers team as a historically great team? Do you think that they're a historically great team? Do you think that they're an average title team? Uh, where does this rank to you as well amongst LeBron's four rings as far as difficulty and 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 team level? Yeah, do, do I think you'll think of this team as one of the greatest teams of all time? No. Will this team go down in history as one of the greatest stories of all time? Yes. You had first, everything starts off obviously with Kobe dying, which in its own would by itself have been, you know, an amazing, not that part of it. That's the sad part of the story, but an amazing rest of the story. Right. Um and then the season gets shut down. Rudy Gobert wants to rub some microphones. We don't play basketball for four months. And then this idea that basketball, the season could be finished, starts coming around. Uh, it, it, it happens amazingly. Me and you both have been on this show talking about how it was not going to happen. Uh, yeah. Basketball comes back. They create this bubble in Orlando that for the past three months has been the safest place maybe on the planet from COVID. Um, you get to the bubble, uh, you work out some little things, the food, the the guys trying to get DoorDash, the guys trying to sneak some, some ladies in, the things you knew were coming, but those all got worked out. You have zero positive tests. You have this amazing NBA playoffs where every series outside of the Eastern Conference in the first round was a blast. Mm -hmm. You have the Denver Nuggets do what they do. You get to see what might be the end of an era in Houston with James Harden and will they ever win a title? You get to see this pre-crowned team in the Clippers that had never won anything, that acted like they were champions going on five years in a row, get torn apart in three straight games by Jamal Murray and Jokic. And then it all culminates with this, this David versus Goliath, but Goliath wins. Uh, which normally isn't the best story ever, but when it's LeBron James, that story is amazing. So are they an all-time great title team? No. Will they be remembered forever? Yes, because the season has been, I mean, we, the entire year of 2020, all we've been doing is living through history. And we finally, finally get just a little piece of good history as the king of basketball returns the trophy to, to L.A., to, to the most storied franchise in the history of basketball with the greatest <laughs> players. And it's, it's, it was amazing, dude. I, I, I just, I want to tell me why be, you're rolling your eyes. No, no, before you I just tell me why very you're firm. Your eyes. I'm not allowing like Lakers LeBron prosecution complex on this podcast. It has no place. They faced a normal amount of hate and a normal amount of scrutiny. I think generally and not That's real. Wild. Okay. Nobody's actually going out there and doing the like Le LeBron should have shot. Everybody who knows That's anything that. about basketball knows that he made the right basketball play. And that That's that's what you would think, but that's just not true. Guys were all over TV and writing articles about it all the last two days. It was everywhere. The majority, sure. Everybody the majority of people know Danny Green should have shot that ball and that pass should have been made. 
But the, the question never comes up unless it's LeBron James, which is the point there. The question, it, the conversation is never spoken of unless it's LeBron James making that pass. Who's left that still hates LeBron James? A lot, forty uh, percent of NBA fans. Any okay? I, I you're no more no no egg Twitter accounts. I'm saying like forty percent of like, real NBA fans. I, you, he's been beating up on everybody's favorite team for seventeen years. Of course, people hate. Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess so. If sore losers is the demographic of people who don't like LeBron, that's I guess acceptable. But I haven't. I've seen more like stop hating on LeBron for these reasons takes than I've seen I hate LeBron for these reasons takes. So I, I, I like as much as I would like to celebrate this team for winning the most mentally difficult title maybe in the history of the sport. Uh, I just you know would like to remind everybody that at the end of the day they did what they were projected and supposed to do not projected zero percent of espn analysts picked them to win the nba title before the season zero zero of them picked them to win the nba title before this feels like a big it was miss. not projected big miss yes it's lebron james and anthony davis it's a huge miss but to act like there was not this hate and there was not this um this like almost overall agreement that this team wasn't good enough is it, it, you're 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 wearing blinders over your eyes. I wish I could as well as you. Uh, not only that, but let me. I know I've brought this up on the show before, but I bartend here in Detroit, a Detroit, a city that very much, especially people over thirty, do not like LeBron James. He um, twenty nine out of thirty points in fourth quarter OT and double OT pretty much did that for the city. Every day I work, I have this discussion, and I'll tell you, 90% of people who I have this discussion with hate LeBron James. <laughs> hate That's crazy. Him. It's why they just, you know, and and the only the only reason it bugs me is because you're only going to see this once in your life, probably with one athlete to be this dominant for this long. And you just got to appreciate. It. And I mean, we're talking four titles, four Finals MVPs, three teams, four regular season MVPs, 16 All Star appearances. 16 all NBAs, six all defenses, a scoring champ, an assist champ, and he's still the best player in the world 17 years later. Like it's 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 been the greatest story in sports in my life from start to finish and the book is still being written. I yeah. mean, there is absolutely nothing right now that says this team can't win a title next year. They have the flexibility to be able to get even better in what I think will be a shortened off season. So now I think is the point on the podcast when I would like now that you're now that you're emotionally unstable, I would like to <laughs> uh, I'd like to task you I'd like to ask you a question. Do you, do you think do you think LeBron is the greatest player of all time? Yes. Okay. Um, so I think there's two discussions here. There is who's the greatest player of all time and who has the greatest legacy of all time. LeBron can be your answer for both, just like Jordan can be your answer for both. But until LeBron gets one more ring, I don't think he needs six. I think he needs five. He is the greatest player of all time, while Michael Jordan has the greatest legacy of all time. Um, so yes and no. I think you're right on either side of the equation, but there is only two guys in that discussion. It is LeBron James and it is Michael Jordan. There is nobody else allowed to be discussed there. I love Kobe Bryant. I love what he did for the game. He is not in that discussion. Magic Johnson no. is not in that discussion. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the only one who has the slightest case outside of those two of being in that discussion. Um, but when you when it comes down to it, this guy is going to lead all-time in points. He's going to be top five in assist. Nobody else has 28,000 or 30,000 points, 6,000 rebounds, 6,000 assists. LeBron is going to have 40,000, 10,000, 10,000. He's going to have almost every single record in the record books, playoffs, finals, regular season, however you want to look at it. He's done it all. Um, and with one more ring, I think it becomes almost impossible to argue against him. Uh, but right now, in my opinion, yes. As long as you have him or Jordan, I'm okay with you, though. Just nobody else. I know uh, I've been thinking about what team I'd like to watch LeBron attempt to vanquish next. 
And I figured out the best team for LeBron to play in the finals next year, assuming he gets there. And it is the all of the losers and haters team starring Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. The guy who thinks he's as good as LeBron and the guy who thinks he doesn't need LeBron. And if so, where I'm at right now is if that's what happens, if in my opinion right now, I think that LeBron and Michael Jordan are about equal. I think that they're kind of playing at the same level, the peak thing versus the longevity thing. Uh, I think that athletes now have access to a lot more things to increase the longevity of their careers, especially in basketball. Uh, and I, at the same time, like Jordan really only played like what? 10 seasons, right? 10 or 11 no, seasons. Like, Went no, to go like play 15, baseball. Like 15, well, like 15 altogether, but yeah, like sure. Yeah. Including like baseball. the wizards years. Yeah. Uh, and I think that matters, but at the same time, I, 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 I almost respect Jordan being like, "I'm so bored by basketball, I'm going to go play baseball for a few years because there's nobody else to get there." That's sure. a pretty simple way to put it, but yeah. sure. But I, right? Yes, I agree. It's a little simplistic. Uh, it's definitely like on an emotional level simplistic, but uh, I think that they're about e- e- even. And I really want to see LeBron vanquish the haters and the losers and beat the Brooklyn Nets next year to become the greatest of all time, undisputed. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that you could add on to that, little caveat, would be beating the Warriors and the Clippers on the way to doing that. I think um, But I think if, if they're going to have uh, – I think it would be more – I think it would be uh, more fun and more important from a legacy standpoint to be able to beat the Warriors because now you're taking on Steph, Clay, and Draymond again, right? And you have a team that can match up with that. Uh, no KD, and then that ends that discussion, right? The Steph Curry fans always want to say, yeah, but we, he, three and one against LeBron in the finals. Well, yeah, Kevin Durant for two of those. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, him playing, I mean, AD and LeBron versus KD and Kyrie, first of all, there is no better two people in the league besides maybe if you switch LeBron with Kawhi to guard Kevin Durant than Anthony Davis and LeBron James. It's a perfect duo. You can switch on and off of them like crazy. The pick and rolls aren't going to work. The pick and pops aren't going to work because you just switch everything, just like they did with Bam and Jimmy Butler this year. Every time they tried to run a little two-man game, they just switched. Brian can cover Bam or Jimmy. AD can cover Bam or Jimmy. I mean, AD was Jimmy's primary defender, which just shows his amazing versatility on defense. Um. But yeah, next next year is next year is going to be fun, man. Because it's just like this year. There is the Nets. There's the Clippers. There's the comeback Warriors. There's the Lakers. There's the up and coming Nuggets. There's this Heat team that's only going to get better. There's so many teams that can the win Bucks. this title. There's the Bucks. Yeah, we get to see if Giannis can finally put it all together in the playoffs, or if he's really going to start getting that LeBron treatment. Um. So, yeah, next year is going to be amazing. But I want to talk about for a second before we talk about the Heat because I think we need to give the Heat a little bit of time yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Today, Rondo got his second ring. Dwight Howard won a ring as a Laker. And KCP, a.k.a. Tan3049966847, if you don't understand that, go type it in on Twitter. You'll find his burner account. KCP, <laughs> the former Detroit Piston, got a ring. Quinn Cook, man, that dude is having as lucky of a career start to a career since Norris Cole, who won two rings in two years. Quinn Cook's got two rings. JaVale McGee has three rings. Jared Effin Dudley got a ring tonight. I mean, it's just uh, J.R. Smith, two-time champ, shirt off before the buzzer even went. Um, <laughs> it, J.R. Smith's uh, Instagram live, is, or I think that's what I was seeing, is, uh, is a real hoot right now. Like, I think my favorite part about this championship, except for obviously LeBron getting his fourth ring, is that the rest of the team outside of Anthony Davis and LeBron James is like an island of misfit toys that came together and created this defensive monster of a basketball team with a bunch of guys who didn't care what their points were, didn't care what their rebounds were, didn't care what their assists were. They just wanted to win. Alex Caruso, I mean, he's like the ultimate example of that. Just what you need done, got done. Markeith Morris stepped up in every single moment except for after Danny Green missed that three. Uh, I'm going to say it again. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, the man I once, when he was wearing a Pistons uniform, called the next Jimmy Butler, got his ring. 
Um, and it was just awesome, man. Just some of these guys winning the title, especially Dwight. Dwight winning the title. I love that. I know there's been a lot of hate for Dwight over the last half a decade, but he fit into this team. He bought into this team, and he did what everybody's been wanting him to do since he lost superstar status. So I think that's like the second most fun thing about this title. I just would like to point out that they won a title because they decided to bench Dwight Howard. They were going to win the title anyways. Maybe. Dwight Howard was really good this year. Another thing you were wrong on to start the year about this Lakers team, got, just to call you out benched. one more time. He was awesome all year. He was awesome all year. Awesome he played as a strong team. word. He, he, he was awesome in his role. Does that make you feel better? Does that does that sure. help you go on a bit? Sure, I guess. All right, let's talk about the Miami Heat. Um, how do I say this? Jimmy Butler, if I could write you a poem to apologize, I would. I will never doubt you again. Not that my respect means anything, but as a basketball fan, you have earned my top level of respect. Uh, what he did in this NBA Finals was Jordan-esque is the way I want to put it. Just, uh, just a dog who wouldn't let his team die until the Lakers finally punched him in the mouth enough times. I mean, we saw him walking off the podium last night. He, he could barely take a step. The dude was drained. That whole Heat team was drained today. And I think the weird part about this blowout is I think it almost just shows you how hard they fought those first five games. Yeah. Um, Bam hurts his shoulder and his neck. He comes back the last two games. He just looked absolutely beat, but he was still just going hard the whole time. Um, Tyler Hero came back to earth a little bit. Duncan Robinson, Michigan's tonight. own. No, that floater was – those floaters were real bad. Had a few, not Duncan, so good, yeah. Duncan Robinson, like a damn near 20-point-per-game player in an NBA Finals against a team with LeBron James. Um, amazing. Jay Crowder played really well. Just this team – this Miami team was awesome. And if I would have heard myself say that a month and a half ago, if, if – that guy could look into the future and hear me say that. He'd be shocked because I hated this team like two months ago. I just couldn't stand them. They annoyed the hell out of me. Heat culture annoyed the hell out of me, but now I realize it's a very, very real thing. And this team was just a blast to watch all year, or all bubble, I should say. Five seed going into the playoffs this year. That's pretty wild. Congratulations to them. Uh, for overachieving and I think providing a genuinely competitive finals. My suspicion is that the annals of time will kind of forget about how good this team was uh, and how like specifically great in certain ways they were. But here now in this moment, I, I do not want to forget that that team was really good, like super legit finals team, right? Uh, do you think that like, for example, they could have defeated last year's Raptors team? I no. just like no, you don't think so? Okay, no. I'm just curious. Uh, Mostly because I think that that Raptors team was just kind of like a better version of this Heat team. Like super yeah. well coached, played together super well, did all the right things, clutch, worked like worked their ass off. Um, but I, I think there is an opportunity for this Heat team to not kind of be forgotten in history, uh, like I think that Raptors team kind of will, and that is. Bam gets even better, turns into either the second or third best center in the league. Tyler Hero turns into near an all-star or an all-star. Duncan Robinson gets a little bit better. And Jimmy Butler can continue to just play, not at the level he's at right now, because I don't think he'll ever get there again, but close to it. And then I think this team could compete for the next four to five years on the same level. I mean, Pat Riley is going to make sure there's a there's – a, Good roster around that core. Um, I think they're so going to have a little. Uh, I think they're going to have a little money in the off season. I don't think like a whole ton of those guys are super high paid guys. Yeah, I, I. I mean, and then if they end up getting Giannis, like that would be crazy. I don't think. I don't think right now they'll get Giannis. I don't think that they'll have Giannis, Jimmy Butler kind of at the same time. 
Yeah. But I mean, Jimmy Butler, you know, he's, I think he's in his thirties now. He, he's going to start the decline here pretty soon. And it's going to be on Bam and Hero's shoulders. Those are the two yeah. main pieces for if the, they have to improve exponentially, not that Bam's not an all-star level player and Hero is an amazing for a 20 year old, but they have to improve exponentially if they want to be able to compete to get to and possibly win an NBA finals again. Uh, I mean, the thing about the Heat, too, is that, like, they're one draft pick away from being super good. Like, even better. You never know. Yeah. They've drafted pretty decently, I feel like. You know, they've had a good eye for stuff, so. It's uh, not like it, they're picking 30th this year. They're going to pick, like, 22nd, 21st. Sure, yeah. Going to be a weird draft. So, uh, what seed do you think the Heat are in the playoffs next year, assuming the Heat make the playoffs, which I think we both think will happen? So, teams I'm going to put ahead of them. Brooklyn, Boston, Milwaukee. So four. I'm going to say four. Four. Uh, I'm going to say three uh, because I've had a lot of success with the Heat just predicting what you're predicting, but then doing like one more. So I'm going to stick with that and do one more and say three just to put one more knife into the back of your Jimmy Butler hatred. (laughs) It's not even – I can't even hate the guy anymore. I can't no, even, like yeah, you got to remember two, Chicago Bulls Jimmy Butler was probably my second favorite player in the NBA behind LeBron James. Like I used to that used to be my dude. Uh, and then just the last couple of years I thought he was in the wrong only because it kept happening over and over again these fights with teammates and all that. And it just turns out we learned this year the dude wasn't in the wrong. He just wanted to win. Period. Well, there I might don't... be a little bit of blame because you, you can't just go around screaming at adults. Whenever the hell you want, especially multi-millionaires. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, it seems like he just wanted to win. He had seen two guys in Kobe and Mike who had done it that way before, and it's very storied how they've done it. And he said, if this is what it got it done for those guys, I'm going to try to make it how it gets done for me. And he found a team that would accept it, and it worked. I think that his ethos kind of matched the heat ethos. Uh, I think that like he kind of, you know, ran his way out of town a few times in a couple of different teams and that can't be discounted, but you know, that's maturity. That's wisdom. That's, you know, all that stuff. So uh, do you want to move on? Do you have anything else on this topic? I should do it that way. Sorry. Your 2020 NBA champions, Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. And I did, I did shed one tear, just one though. One? I, you know, if it was, if it was like, if they would have done it in Game Five, Marquise finds LeBron and he hits that jumper, and they take the lead with two seconds left, then there would have been waterworks. But this one, I my emotions were a little bit more contained until I saw AD and LeBron hugging, and then you know a little tear came out. The uh, the blowout aspect of it, I think, kind of took take some of the emotion out. The fact that they just, the game was over at the halftime. Yeah, <laughs> my dad was like, "Should they take Anthony Davis out?" Like that's how bad it was that they were kind of wondering about that. So, uh, but let's talk Week Five NFL football. Yeah, shall we? this is weird okay. week of football again. Yes, yes. Um, I'm just going to tell you what the first note I wrote down today was, and then the second note I wrote okay. down today. Sure, it was. Wow, Sundays without the lions, without the lions, are so not depressing. And then my next note is: never mind. Travis Fulgham, ten catches, hundred fifty-two yards, and a touchdown. I don't know. They still I, found a way to be depressing. They still found a way. They lose when they're not even playing. That's for sure. It is I mean, interesting that it seems like the Eagles kind of have pilfered a few players from us and had mixed pretty good success with them. The Broncos have tried to do the same thing, and I feel like that has to be some sort of like a- analytics play where it's like, guys, the Lions are so bad, their coaching is so bad that you can get value on all of their players just because just if you like factor this into the equation. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know nothing about Travis Vogel before today. Do you? Do you know much about him? Yeah, when we drafted him, it was just like Quintez Cephas. It was the same player, right? The wow. same player as Quintez Cephas. It was this could be like little, little mini Kenny Galladay. Not mini, but like not a twenty percent less Kenny Galladay if he reaches his peak. And then he was on the practice squad, and he was hurt for a little bit. And then training camp this year, we wave him, and the Eagles pick him up. And Wait, there's a step in the middle because I'd like to help distribute some blame away from the Lions. The Packers picked him up. 
and then oh, they right. waived him too. You're right. So that's important. It took it took three teams before he found his forever home or whatever. Yes, but since we have the opportunity to this week, let's not spend any time on the Lions. Okay. Uh, let's just let's just move on. Uh, I think the story, the biggest story of the NFL today, has got to be Dak Prescott. Uh, broke his ankles, getting surgery tonight. Um, the Cowboys still found a way to win. Uh, they did not cover the spread. You want to tune in later this week for an NFL Picks podcast we now do here on Fan to Fan Detroit. Uh, that was one of my picks. Yeah, Parker, whatever. We'll, you'll I, hear his record later. No, don't tell him. They can, yeah, shut <laughs> up. They can wait until Thursday. Um, uh but Dak is out for the season. This is why guys sit out, man. This is why guys hold out in the NFL because they franchise tagged him. He's got the contract this year, and this is going to cost him a ton of money. I mean, he was he he was looking pretty at a pretty good shot to break the passing yards record this season. Even if he was just like kind of average Dak Prescott for the rest of the year, he probably would have broke the passing yards record. Uh, and that would have got him his $40 million, by the way. It would have for sure got him that. And now I think he'll probably be looking at 28 to 30 a year. Uh, you know, it's it's an injury in football, and it's a big injury. His ankle was hanging off sideways. It was not a cramp, Tony Romo. Yeah. <laughs> um, a bad case of sideways foot. But now I think the question is, if you're looking at this from football, just football, who is the favorite in the NFC East? Is it the Andy Dalton-led Dallas Cowboys or the Carson Wentz-led Eagles? Uh, I think it'll be the Eagles. I think it's going to come down to the tie. Uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be like 6-9-1 versus 6-10. Uh, yeah, is it going to take so six take wins Eagles. to win this division? Probably. going to take six? Probably. Like we talked last week, is this the worst division of all time? And now with Dak going down, I feel pretty confident saying this is going to be the worst division of all time. Yeah. I, I mean, even – and then on top of that, Andy Dalton is going to have to deal with a defense that let the Cowboys score 34 points – or the Giants score 34 points today. Yeah, the, they're, the, the Cowboys defense might be worse than the Lions defense. Sorry. That's how we're yeah. going to talk about it anymore. But, yeah, I mean, and, Eagles I defense – the Eagles defense isn't much better. They let in 38 points to the Steelers today. And like Ben Roethlisberger is fine. He's probably sitting on the Andy Dalton line right now, or excuse me, the Jared Goff line right now. Uh, but that's all it takes. Cause the rest of that team is fucking kick ass. So. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, the Cleveland Browns are legit, man. Super good today. Really like the Browns. Good for them. Glad they won. Uh, sad. The Colts lost. Philip Rivers is not good. Philip Rivers no. is really not looking good, and that really upsets me. He's just missing throws, man. He's just missing throws all over the place. He's old. He's just too old yeah. and too out of shape, and he's raising seven kids. And on top of that, start giving Jonathan Taylor more than 12 carries a game, Indianapolis. like he, He's got a chance to be a top running back in the league. See what you got. It's yeah. better than Philip Rivers not throwing for a touchdown and throwing two picks. Um, which is probably what saved the Browns today because we got a little throwback Baker Mayfield from last year. 37 pass attempts, had two interceptions. Uh, and I, I think you're going to see a little bit more of that with Nick Chubb out. Obviously, they still have Kareem Hunt. But, you know, the reason you were able to have such an effective running attack is because you have two guys that can just go and go and go. And when one gets tired, the other one goes in. When that one gets tired, the other one comes back. Um, but even not having their best game of the season by any means, this team looked awesome. They beat a good team, at least probably, right, in the Colts, or I mean, an yeah. average team at least. Definitely a good team. I think they're pretty um, square in the fur, in the good team area. Yeah, and they beat them, like, pretty easily. So uh, I'm bought in on the Browns. Dude, the AFC is crazy. <laughs> the AFC yeah. is so good. Odell is There's... making plays, man. He's just back to just making weird plays. They're finding ways to get him the ball. Yeah, I really wish he could have scored a touchdown today. So, you know, help my fantasy team out a little bit. But we'll see how that goes over the next couple days. Uh, Teddy Two Gloves and the Carolina Panthers take out the Atlanta Falcons, a game both of us predicted. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the Panthers are 3-2. three and two. All three, three wins in a row, might I add. 
Yeah, without Christian McCaffrey. Um, you buying in at all? Yes. You think this could be a playoff yes. team? Yeah, sure. Why not? Give me, tell me why they can't is kind of where I'm at with them. They got to finish ahead of the Saints and Buccaneers. Okay. Which aren't I mean, world beaters this year. Well, those are the, the Saints are kind of suspect, I think, but the uh, Buccaneers, Buccaneers just lost to the Bears. Yeah, I still think they're going to be really good, though. I still think that they show they they show signs of being a really good team. Yeah, I agree. I think that was just a weird game against Chicago. Tom Brady did not know it was fourth down. I don't care what he says. There's a camera. There's a clip of him yeah. going, "It's fourth down. It's for, right. It's fourth down." After he just threw the incomplete pass. Um, so I still I think there's just some kinks there, but uh, I still think yeah I think the Bucks are going to win that division. I think it'll come down to the Panthers and the Saints for if one of them can get one of the three wild card spots this year. Uh, and I'm not counting the Panthers out. The NFC sucks. Yeah, I'm taking a look, and there's a there's a couple teams on here that we'll kind of talk about here that I think are going to end up getting them. But I see two. So if the Panthers finish second second in their division, I think they make the playoffs this year. And yeah, I, I think okay, you're right. So nobody I'll, in the I'll, NFC East is making it. This, you know, what's Cardinals, gonna, okay. Niners. It's going to be the Rams are going to the Rams are going to get a wild card seed, and the other team that's going to get a wild card seed, and I'm so mad that I think this is the Chicago Bears, who are going to be the worst ten and six team of all time. I want to argue you, but they just beat the Bucks, and like, now they're four and one. They're four like, and I, one. I don't know how to argue it at this point. Obviously, they're not good. Like the whole world agrees on one thing for the first time ever, and that's that the Bears are not good. But oh, somehow man. they're four and one. Uh, and you, you might hear, be right. Here's the Bears schedule going forward. Next week they play the Panthers. Yeah. Oh, because it's Thursday. Sorry, the dates are screwing me up. Panthers, Rams, Saints, Titans, Vikings, Packers, Lions, Texans. Vikings, Jaguars, Packers. So even if they lose both of those Packers games, you're four and three. If they beat the Lions, if they beat the Saints, if they beat the Panthers, and if they beat the Jaguars, they got the Texans in there. Probably takes eight wins to make the playoffs this year. So that's a bunch of winnable games in there. They they really got a nice schedule this year. Congratulations to the Chicago Bears. That pisses me off, man. I know, I know, I agree. It's not good. It's not ideal. But they're going to do it. They're going to go 10-6 and and make the playoffs and get smacked by whoever. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, Ryan Fitzmagic today, man. He he definitely put his arm out there and stiff-armed Tua back to the sideline and said, not yet, kiddo. Uh, 43-17 against the the 49ers who benched. Their hundred plus million dollar quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, they benched him because he was like not. He's not a hundred percent. That dude was hurt. And they benched him because he sucked. Yeah, he sucked because he's hurt. He like he can't. We couldn't move. And as soon as they benched him, as soon as they benched him, when they came out in the second half, it was two announcements. The first announcement was Jimmy Garoppolo is being pulled, and the second announcement was Jimmy Garoppolo is being pulled because he's injured. He's being pulled because we don't want him to get more hurt. They're down sounds 37. Like, sounds like the GM didn't want the owner of the 49ers to know that he pulled his $100 million quarterback to me. Otherwise, you would just announce that he was hurt immediately after halftime. I mean, it was a what? It was a it was a knee injury, right? I thought it was an ankle injury. Or an but ankle was, injury. Yeah. We knew he was like questionable to play the whole week. And if you're down thirty to seven, you might as well you might as well bring in you might as well bring in CJ Beathard. I mean, well, how about this? He's injured and he sucks. Play. I, he's injured and he's like kind of average. I think he's below average. I think he's not far below average, but below so average. So, do you think he's above or below the Jared Goff line? Below, below. He's so, above like, the Jared Goff line. He made the no. Super Bowl last year. Yeah, with uh, de- all-decade defense. That's what you can do that. You can be a bad quarterback and make it with an all-decade defense. Trent Dilfer, washed-up-ass Peyton Manning, who was garbage on that yeah. final oh, Super yeah. Bowl role. You can do that, right? It's possible. It's the Bears. If you, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's possible. And now we're seeing when he has to kind of carry the team a little bit, 
I know he's hurt, but seven for 17 with a pick less than 100 yards over the half, he's not good. He was missing throws in ways that are like not the way NFL quarterbacks miss throws. When I was watching, when they pulled him, I, I was not surprised. He didn't look right to me. He just didn't look right. A uh, game I was wrong on this week. The Texans finally got their first win of the week, and that team looks so much better without Bill O'Brien. Uh, they looked okay, I thought. I mean, I I, that, I caught quite a bit of that game. The Jaguars I, I don't look good. The Jaguars have like kind of a few moments here and there where you're like, oh, but as a whole, as a unit, they aren't good. There's just not a lot of talent there, man. Just like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you tweeted. I think you tweeted this today, and I really agreed. You said that Gardner Minshew might just be Alex Smith, and I agree. I think that's probably what he is, which isn't which a I bad think is thing. Like great for Gardner Minshew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like congratulations, seventh round pick Gardner Minshew. You're Alex Smith now. Alex Smith is like, a good NFL quarterback, yeah. and today he wasn't. But he did you see Alex Smith was on the field today? I, yeah. that's like. That's the like the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away is Dak Prescott's ankle falls off. But Alex Smith played today after like having a leg injury so bad his wife thought he was gonna die. That's awesome. Yeah, that is that's an all-time story. Um now did you hear now that we're talking about the Washington football team, did you hear the news that broke a little bit later in the day about why they actually may have benched Haskins? Why? No. So last week, I want to pull up the exact stats real quick. Last week, the Washington football team lost to the Baltimore Ravens 31-17. to However, oh. Dwayne Haskins was 32 for 45, 314 yards through the air. And a report came out that is not yet confirmed, but it was you know sent out by Bleacher Report, that Dwayne Haskins was walking around practice the next day bragging about his stat line and being hyped up about a stat line, and it rubbed teammates, coaches, everybody who was there the wrong way, so they benched his ass. So that explain, that makes sense to me in this way, and it is that today Dwayne Haskins did not suit up because of a stomach virus, which I think you and I and I think a lot of people out there now know that that is PR speak for fuck this guy. Yeah, especially uh, during COVID. Like, he was yeah. still on the sideline, right? I think yeah. he was still on the sideline. If you have any ailment, you are not on the sideline. Yeah. Oh, so, that team is uh, such a mess. That wouldn't surprise me, actually. That's interesting. I, I don't want to, I don't want to, like, conspiracy monger about that stuff, but the no, pieces but it was, are it all was, there. It was sent out <laughs> by Bleacher Report. So it's not, yeah, you know, we're trust, not pulling yeah. this out of nowhere. Mm hmm. Um, it would make sense too that you would want to get that out there, because they took a lot of heat for benching Haskins. You know, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. like like Wilbon went especially really after hard on, yeah. maybe the best game of his career. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, they didn't score a ton of points, but he looked really good the week before. Uh, something you know, he had a week that I would have bragged about <laughs> if I was him. So, and you know, part of me does wonder, um, because we know the NFL has a long history of not treating black quarterbacks the same way. If that it wasn't as much a brag as much as like, Hey man, I had 315 yards on Sunday. Like I'm, I'm good. Like I'm good. I'm a good quarterback. And that uh, Ron Rivera took it as who cares? I had 315 yards. I'm the man. This is my team. Blah, blah, blah. So I, I still think there's a little bit to be found out there. If we can ever dig deeper into that story, that'd be great. Because I, I really want to know what the whole truth is behind that. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's that's certainly that's certainly makes sense to me. But the Rams blew them out, as we both predicted. Uh, what else is left? Oh, man, Joe Burrow today really struggled. Really, really, really struggled against the Ravens today. Uh that was kind of unfortunate. Their defense, I thought, wasn't his easily. fault. Yeah, I mean, they can't protect him. That's Dude. absolutely the truth. Like, teams are just bringing heat on him now, but. Especially when it's Aaron Donald in there. I mean, do. Or not Aaron Donald. Uh, hold on, I'm cutting out. Um, no, but that. They, they, oh, sorry. they can't. 
they like can't protect the quarterback at all. The Ravens had seven sacks today. They had nine tackles for loss. They hit Joe Burrow 15 times. Like the dude had no time at all. Mixon couldn't get to the line of scrimmage before getting a hit. If yeah. like you look at the start to Joe Burrow's career and it doesn't look like this all-time amazing start we were kind of hoping he was going to have and it it's not him. Like it's this it is strictly the offensive line. It is think, maybe the worst one in football. I think that if you're looking purely at what happens on the field, I think that Joe Burrow is having like one of those all-time great starts. I mean, just like like from what we see from rookie quarterbacks who come in on week one, especially in the last five years, it takes it takes six to eight weeks usually. Yeah, I, I think he I think he has the look of a guy who is having one of those all-time great starts. Like he's super confident, the ball is crisp. The spiral could tighten up a little bit, but uh, for the most part, he looks good. But from a pure numbers perspective, I mean, he's not having like an all-time, all-time start. He's having a really good start for a rookie yeah. quarterback. But Cam Newton was better than this his first couple of weeks. Um, few guys have been. Baker Mayfield, his first couple starts were probably better than this. Yeah, but those starts didn't come at week one. Baker yeah, Mayfield had had a full a full ass preseason and then didn't have to play for four weeks. I think what we're seeing from Joe Burrow is incredible. Because he's not he's not been set up to succeed. It's not like that receiving core is like that good either. Like no, it's Higgins good. Is, it's, Higgins it's, is good, and Tyler Boyd's fine, but AJ Green is looks pretty washed up. Uh, something that I was wrong about. Now I got a little conspiracy for you. Um, okay. And everybody can find this this video on Twitter. Just type in AJ Green trade me. Um, and I am no expert at reading lips, but there's people on Twitter who seem to be experts at reading lips. And he's talking to the offensive coordinator on the sideline, and it sure looks a heck of a lot like he says, if you're not going to throw me the ball, then trade me. Uh-oh. So That's not good. Not gonna, you know, it's not – It's again, this is reading lips, so I'm not going to talk about it further, but if you want to see it, go to Twitter, type in mm. AJ Green, trade me, and it will pop right up for you. Interesting. Well – I mean, I, I also think that like that stuff kind of happens more than we know. Uh, that people like lose their tempers like that. I, I, yeah. But uh, that's, that's not a good sign. We haven't uh, we haven't talked about like the huge upset of the week. The Las Vegas Raiders beat the Kansas City Chiefs this week. It looked and super Derek good. Carr, yeah, Derek Carr looked like a baller. This looks like Derek Carr from a few years ago when Raiders were the young up-and-coming team, pre-John Gruden, uh, the guy who could throw the deep ball, which has been his problem the last couple of years, the guy who could also manage a game. And, man, he just took out the best quarterback in the NFL, and they were behind at one point in this game. And yeah. then they ended up scoring – I mean, they scored Most 40 points against the Chiefs. Yeah, and yeah. Um, then all of a sudden they were up 16 in the snap of a finger. Uh, and the Chiefs made it interesting at the end, got a touchdown, hit the two-point conversion to cut it to eight, but then the Raiders had a nice little drive and said, sorry, Kansas City, you're getting your first loss of the season. Are, I'm going to ask the same question I asked earlier. Are the Las Vegas Raiders legit? Yes. I, they have to be now. They have to be considered legit now. They have a really good offense and a like really tough defense. Yeah, uh, agreed. I, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs because the AFC is nuts. I mean, you have the 4-0 Buffalo Bills. You have the 4-0 Pittsburgh Steelers, the 4-1 Baltimore Ravens, the 4-1 Cleveland Browns, the 3-0 Titans, the 3-2 Colts, the 4-1 Kansas City Chiefs, and the 3-2 Raiders. Um, so there is 10 really good teams in the AFC. Um, but, man, was I wrong on John Rubin. Yeah, uh, uh I mean, I still yeah, would maybe. never sign John Gruden to a 10-year, $100 million contract like the Raiders did. But, I mean, this is back-to-back -back years where his team is outperforming expectations. Yeah, I think he's like kind of – like John Gruden is kind of like Jim Harbaugh in that he's kind of a meme. And so people don't think he can coach because he's such a damn meme all the time. Uh, but, he, I don't know, he's, good, he's made Super Bowls. I just didn't think he could coach because he belongs in 1975. Like, I didn't think he would adapt, and he has. I mean, that offense isn't, like, ultra-modern, but it's got some some modernness to it, which I didn't think yeah. it would have any. I thought it would be 
first and second down, run it up the middle, then pass. First and second down, run it up the middle, then pass. And it hasn't done that. Um, it helps that they have Josh Jacobs. So when he does get in those moods, you know, he can get some yards. But Josh Jacobs hasn't been great this year. He's been good. He's been pretty um, good. Uh, Henry Ruggs was awesome today. Oh, yeah. Breakout game. Super awesome. Finally. Uh, is this the best receiver class in the history of the NFL? All of these guys are. I don't want to say rounds. yes yet. I don't want to say yes yet because we're five weeks into their careers, so but good. it's got the potential to be for sure. I mean, you're you're looking at what the fifth receiver off the board, Justin Jefferson, just looks like he's going to be Stefan Diggs 2.0. Henry Ruggs comes back from injury after a pretty lazy first two weeks and then getting hurt, and he goes for 120 yards. LaVisca Chenault looks okay in Jacksonville. Chase Claypool caught four touchdowns. Uh, Jerry Judy is getting passed to by Brett Ripon, and he's going for 60, 70 yards a game. Yeah, CD Lamb looks really good. T. Higgins looks good. So it's definitely got a shot to be. I can't think of other great wide receiver classes off the top of my head, but maybe that's something we should do next week. Maybe next week we'll look into that a little bit deeper. Another thing we should, we need to be looking into is how, like, what do the Steelers see when they draft wide receivers that makes them so much better at it than everybody? I mean, Deontay Johnson is also super good. And, I mean, just just one game from Chase Claypool. But he's had some grabs. Yeah, he's been good this year. Yeah. Like, he hasn't been four touchdowns in a game good. But he's been really good this year. Yeah, man. Uh, and that was a guy who no people thought he wasn't going to fix. They didn't know if he was a tight end or a receiver or what he was going to be. If he had the speed to be a receiver, if he had the size to be a tight end. And he's showing he might just be like Mike Evans. Like He's really he, good, yeah. That, that, to me right now, is the best comparison. I don't know if he'll – I mean, he's definitely got a shot to be that good. But Mike Evans is who I see when I look at Chase Claypool. Did you learn anything this week? Yeah, I learned that the Cardinals are good, for sure. I think the Cardinals are just, like, pretty average to slightly above average. Uh, I think they're a year away. But next year, I think the Cardinals are going to be a serious contender. I think that they're good. I don't think that they're great. Let me scratch that. I learned that the Rams are going to the NFC title game. Uh, yeah, man. I don't know. I the Rams are super good and they're consistent and they're well coached. And there's all I know it's Washington. How like, yeah, but that defense in Washington's like solid. Like they've got some pieces. Right. They've been, you know, they've been competitive and in a lot of these games. Aaron Donald, like. I know you want to always say it's a quarterback when you say this, but Aaron Donald might be the best football player in the world. He's uh, – he's. I don't know how you game plan against him. It just feels like you're like, well, we're playing the Rams this week, and, well, we're going to put two on Aaron Donald, so what's next? Like you just kind of have to like put that on the board in the very first meeting of the week. And then he's going to take one hand to each of your guys, choke slam them both, yeah. and kill your quarterback. He had He had four sacks today. That's crazy. I mean, and, the, the Cardinals, and he's not even an end. Like for a D tackle. Yeah. By the way, nobody, no D tackle in football had more than three sacks on the season coming yeah. into today, and it was him. He was the only one with three or more coming into today. Just, and then it gets four just destroys. Today. He just destroys all pockets. You, I. There's no. He's kind of a cheat code. Like you can't, you don't get to play a normal game of football when you have to block Aaron Donald. You have to like adapt to like the all of the ways that Aaron Donald ruins the football playing experience for you. He's he's a truck. He or no, he's a bull. Like he's literally a bull. Mm -hmm. I if you if you put that dude if you put a bull in front of that dude and tried to have him block him, he would he would grab that thing by the horns and throw it fifteen feet, no problem. Oh man! All right, I have a question for you. What I have an answer? What do you think Scott Hansen's Sunday morning routine is? Scott uh, Hansen, of course. And cocaine. <laughs> I, he does six hours of commercial-free football. <laughs> do you think that Scott Hansen? So Scott Hansen is the guy who hosts Red Zone. I should say that, who has a seemingly impossible amount of energy every Sunday. So my theory is that. And this is, I was talking to this with uh, our friend of the show, Jake, who, uh, where, do you think that Scott Hansen wears a, like, has a catheter? He has to, right? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> he he's not allowed to leave. <laughs> I yeah. guess I, I guess you you pick a game when it's on the twenty five instead of the red zone, and you go to that game, and you're like, keep it on that game till I'm done pissing. But that that's the only way he could leave. Uh, it seems like. My theory on how red zone works is that he's like Ron Burgundy in that they just put – they've got five guys on computers typing stuff into the prompter, and whatever's on the prompter, he's going to read. So if there's like a, a LaVisca Chenault maybe scored a touchdown, like he's going to like screw that up. But but there would be those. You would – yeah, I feel like we would know that by now. There would have been right. those mistakes. And he – dude, he's flawless. He's so good at his job. Better at play by play than every play by play guy. <laughs> it's wild. I guess it's probably pretty easy when you're just like only announcing touchdowns. So, so my my best theory, my best theory is that Sunday mornings he's up at seven a.m. So that when football starts, his clock like he's like 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 running at seven a.m. Like runs two miles so that when football starts, in his mind and his like brains. Uh, uh, circadian rhythm. It's like one thirty in the afternoon. Oh, I guess that's what time football starts. But he's operating at like peak performance, uh, and he just goes and goes, and he takes like pills so he doesn't have to poop, and then he, I'm assuming, <laughs> drinks at least like two espressos, and then at the end of the day, it's eight thirty in the evening. He falls into his bed and he sleeps for twenty four hours straight. My theory is that he just loses Monday. He just you can't get a hold of him because he has to like go back into cryogenic sleep for 24 hours. I'm gonna stick with my cocaine theory. I don't think he does cocaine. I think we know by now. <laughs> I don't either. I also don't think he does cocaine. But boy, that would be the moment. That would be the seven hours, six hours uninterrupted, whatever it is. You just all of a sudden just hear. I think he'd die. I, I think he'd die to do enough cocaine to last like six hours like that. Like. Have you never heart. seen every celebrity ever? <laughs> yeah, but like you can't. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to talk too much about cocaine. It is and my Scott understanding <laughs> about cocaine that it's not something that you can do continuously for six hours. I wouldn't know. So <laughs> there's a good chance. There's a good chance that that's going to make me look really stupid. But let's move on. Yes, yes, let's do that. What else from football? <laughs> do you I have anything I, else? No. Nope, that was, I think, the only thing that I have uh, written down for football. But I do have... It was a good for, week. Yeah, it was a great week of football. I really enjoyed not having to, like, worry about the Lions. Yes, <laughs> me as well. Why can't I just root for, like, an 8-8 eight and eight team? Like a 10, like a 9 That's nine all we're seven. asking. Yeah. Just 9-7, and seven, once every five years, they sneak into the playoffs. Why can't I be rooting for the Panthers right now? You know, it, let's give me somebody you got who to go to a Super Bowl. Game. You had an MVP. All of a sudden, your whole franchise falls apart. And you're three and two. Like, come on. I'd settle. I'd settle for the Raiders at this point because at least that's entertaining. Parker. Yeah. Stop it. Stop it. So Stop It is a segment that we might only do one time. I guess we'll see how it goes. Where we're going to talk about things that we're just sick and tired of hearing people say or do in sports or sports media. Uh, kind of everywhere in the world of sports. Uh, just things that we don't like that we don't want people to do anymore. I'm going to go first to kind of set the tone. I am so sick and tired of anybody who has NFL opinions talking about Letting people cook. Russell Wilson gets to cook because he's a generational quarterback, because he's won multiple Super Bowls, and because his offense has routinely gone against the things that he wants to do. Stop telling me that other people should be left alone to cook. That's not how football works, and it's not how basketball works either, for that matter. I don't want to be told that, like, let Jared Goff cook. Jared Goff doesn't get to cook yet. Jared Goff has to clean dishes still. Stop yeah. it. All right. Hasn't got the promotion. Stop it. I like it. I like it. Um, I'm going to give you my one. Okay. Uh, and then I'm going to let you take away the rest. And everybody's going to hate this. But listen to me. Stop hating the Houston Astros. Not only oh, did they on. just do... 
Not only did they just do what is as old as baseball itself, and we can go back to the first cheating scandal, I think Shoeless Joe, I think it happened in 1917, getting paid off to lose the World Series. Go all the way back over 100 years ago. We can go to the steroid era. We can go to post-Astros, where we found out half of the rest of the league was doing the exact same thing. And now we're at a point where we see them in the ALCS with no technological advancements. That you know. And they lost today. They lost game one today against the Rays, but they're here again. They're fighting for a championship again. I understand why you were mad, especially if you're a Yankees or a Dodgers fan. But now we know this team is that good. They are that great. And if not this year, but soon, they will be champions again. The hating on the Houston Astros, stop it. Weren't they like under two games under 500? Don't matter. They're in the ALCS right now. I think that they're that hot right now. I think that they're hot. But that's I baseball. Mean, like you get hot. You get no Verlander, no baseball. Garrett Cole. True. I think they were that cold during the regular season. I think Maybe. they put so much pressure be. on themselves. I mean, Altuve hit like 220 and he's balling out in the playoffs again. So. That could be. Uh, I can't. I can't read. I can't read my own handwriting. Hold on, it's like kind of dark here too. Oh, stop! Stop saying something is bad, and then saying that's coming from a ex fan. With Dak, oh. you're making it about yourself. When Dak Prescott gets hurt, don't be like, "Oh man, that sucks." Coming from an Eagles fan, fuck off. Yeah. What does that have to do with any of this? That is you shining a spotlight on yourself and going, look at me, look at how virtuous I am. That I would set aside sports to say that one of the most gruesome sports injuries of the year is uh, not good for that person. Congratulations, dude. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, uh, We've answered our question. We're not doing this segment again because you just picked the best possible one we could do for the segment because that's it. That's the worst thing sports fans can do, man. I hate it. I hate reading it on Twitter. I hate hearing it. It's it's just the worst. You're either using it to, like, secretly diss a team you don't like, or you're using it for some self-holiness reason like you just yeah. explained. Uh, and it's, it's the worst. It's the worst. Nobody likes you, and uh, <laughs> people like you less after you do that. So stop it. That's like that's like closer to like she's not gonna. It's, my response to that is like she's not gonna sleep with you, man. It's like that kind of stuff. Uh, the third one I have: basketball replays that take longer than five minutes. Stop it! Instant replay in basketball, just stop it. Mm-hmm. Instant replay in basketball. Okay, here is my pitch to fix instant replay in basketball so it doesn't sound like I'm just bitching. 45 seconds on the camera max. Go I got up. a better idea. You, what is your idea? Uh, technicals, flagrants, those plays, the referees on the floor don't review it. You wave your hands over to the sideline, some referee over there reviews it. Play keeps going. If there's a tech, if there's a flagrant, boom. Next dead ball, a guy shoots a free throw. Um, Out-of-bounds plays, I think you're always going to, especially late in game, you're always going to have to take your time to do it, but those are only last two minutes, so I'm fine with that. Um, but anything that can be handled while play is still going on should be handled by a sideline official. A buzzer beater. A bu- if, if a shot's at the end of a shot clock and the buzzer goes off and they're not sure, add the points, don't add the points, whatever. Have somebody on the sideline review it, and then you can put those points up on the board. Nothing ruins the flow of an NBA game than, like, back-to-back. What's the phrase for flagrant that Jeff Van Gundy hates? Uh <sighs> It's like a hostile act, a hostile act. Stop making me watch things in 10 million times slow motion for me to decide if it's a hostile act. It's probably not. It's really probably not. Yeah, unless Draymond Green's feet are there. (laughs) And and if the ball, like, it deflects off somebody and it goes out of bounds, look, you're just not going to get all those right. Give me 45 seconds to 60 seconds to look at it from three angles. And if you can't tell, we got to live with it. You just got to live with it. 
It's the same thing with football replays. You just got to live with some of this stuff. It's never going to go the way you want it to, even with replay. When you slow things down to a gajillion times slow motion, it distorts. It almost kind of distorts the reality of the play, especially when you're hunting for hostile X. Because when you see somebody go like this, as opposed to going like that, those are like those look different. The intent feels different. So basketball replays that like destroy the fourth quarter of games, stop it. This has been stop it. Yeah, I'm. It's stop. I. <laughs> I was really hoping you were going to have one there that I disagreed with, so I could come up with some smart ass rebuttal. But I agree with every single one that that you just brought up. I was the one with the the easily disagreeable one, but uh, stop all those things you said for sure. And also, if you have a heart, stop hating the Houston Astros. Stop I think it. I just think it's okay to like hate to for the Houston Astros to be a villain that you can root against. Baseball needs it, man. You're right. Uh, You're right. Uh, R.I.P. to the Padres, who are my favorite baseball team besides the Cubs this year. Yeah, so, I that that team is going to, watch. to be amazing. That team yeah. is going to be so. It's going to be them and the White Sox very soon, and maybe the Braves very soon. Uh, yeah, the Braves will be there. I'm right. sure the Cubs will still continue to compete. I, I don't know, know man. Another ring. I um, don't know. Before we wrap up the show, uh, I forgot something earlier. Uh, shout out to Bubba, my buddy Bubba. He just reminded me of this. Uh, another guy who gets a ring this year because of this Lakers team, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins is now an NBA champion. Jason Kidd, NBA champion. Yes. Um, again, uh, yeah. Frank Vogel for real though. Frank Vogel, I forgot to say him earlier too. Frank Vogel, dude, did a hell of a job coaching this team. Did a good job. Definitely deserved to be the coach of that team. Uh, replacing Dwight Howard with Alex Caruso was absolutely the right call. Uh, made the team better. I think it pushed him over the edge to win that game. I think they probably would have won it either way, but I think that that swap was what made it such a gigantic victory. So, Yep. All right. Do you have anything else you want to say this week to all our fans across the globe listening? Uh, nope. Cool. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, for Double P producer Parker and myself, your host, Andrew Norris, this has been Fan to Fan Detroit. Go like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, you can find us on YouTube or Facebook. Just type in Planet Ant Theater. Uh, we're hoping this week again to get out another NFL picks pod. If you want to make some money, Parker went four and zero this week. I don't know how I did yet. I've only got through three of my four games. So. I thought you were three and one. I thought you only got uh, one wrong so far. Well, I got one left. I guess you have to wait till Thursday to find out. We'll, have, we'll keep the stand updated. Uh, so tune in then, and then for this show, our normal fan to fan Detroit. We will see you next Tuesday at seven thirty. Now for our awesome, and I mean fucking awesome sports clip of the week for me to be a part of such a historical franchise is uh it's an unbelievable feeling not only for myself but for my teammates for the organization for the coaches for the trainers everybody that's here um we just want our respect rob wants his respect coach vogel wants his respect our organization want their respect laker nation want their respect and i want my damn respect too